0: Welcome to the Corona of Thorns podcast. I'm Father Peter Swans, and today is the 31st Sunday in ordinary time. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty and merciful God, by whose gift your faithful offer you right and praiseworthy service, Grant, we pray, that we may hasten without stumbling to receive the things you have promised. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever.
1: Amen. A reading from the Book of Wisdom. In your sight, Lord, the whole world is like a grain of dust that tips the scales, like a drop of morning dew falling on the ground. Yet you are merciful to all, because you can do all things, and overlook men's sins, so that they can repent. Yes, you love all that exists. You hold nothing of what you have made in appearance. For had you hated anything, you would not have formed it. And how, had you not willed it, could a thing persist? How can be conserved if not called forth by you? You spare all things because all things are yours. Lord, lover of life, you whose imperishable spirit is in all, little by little. Therefore, you correct those who offend. You admonish and remind them of how they have sinned, so that they may abstain from evil and trust you, Lord. The word of the Lord.
2: Thanks be to God.
1: I will praise your name forever, my King and my God.
2: I will praise your name forever, my King and my God.
1: I will give you glory, O God, my blessing. I will bless your name forever. I will bless you day after day and praise your name forever.
2: I will praise your name forever, my King and my God.
1: The Lord is kind and full of compassion, slow to anger, abounding in love. How good is the Lord to all, compassionate to all his creatures.
2: I will praise your name forever, my King and my God.
1: All your creatures shall thank you, O Lord, and your friends shall repeat. Their blessing. They shall speak of the glory of your reign and declare your might, O God.
2: I will praise your name forever, my King and my God.
1: The Lord is faithful in all his words and loving in all his deeds. The Lord supports all who fall and raises all who are bowed down.
2: I will praise your name forever my King and my God. A reading from the second letter of St. Paul to the Thessalonians. We pray continually that our God will make you worthy of his call and by his power fulfill all your desires for goodness and complete all that you have been doing through faith. Because in this way the name of our Lord Jesus Christ will be glorified in you and you in him, by the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. To turn now, brothers, to the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, and how we shall all be gathered round him, please do not get excited too soon or alarmed by any prediction or rumour or any letter claiming to come from us, implying that the day of the Lord has already arrived. The Word of the Lord.
1: Thanks be to God.
2: Alleluia, alleluia. God loved the world so much, he gave us his only Son, that all who believe in him might have eternal life. Alleluia. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit.
0: A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke.
2: Glory to you, O Lord.
0: Jesus entered Jericho and was going through the town when a man whose name was Zacchaeus made his appearance. He was one of the senior tax collectors and a wealthy man. He was anxious to see what kind of man Jesus was, but he was too short and could not see him for the crowd. So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree to catch a glimpse of Jesus, who was to pass that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and spoke to him, Zacchaeus, come down. Hurry, because I must stay at your house today. And he hurried down and welcomed him joyfully. They all complained when they saw what was happening. He's gone to stay at a sinner's house, they said. But Zacchaeus stood his ground and said to the Lord, Look, sir, I'm going to give half my property to the poor, and if I have cheated anybody, I will pay him back four times the amount. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man has come to seek out and save what was lost. The Gospel of the Lord.
2: Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ.
0: So the Gospel of Luke gives us quite a short story today. But you know what, if we read between the lines, I think there's quite a bit that we can infer about Zacchaeus from the details that we're given. Well, first of all, we hear that he's one of the chief tax collectors. That means he's gained status and position amongst the Romans, and probably was a man of some power. And surely he would have been feared by many other Jews we hear as well that Zacchaeus is a wealthy man. The tax-collecting business has been profitable for him, and as is often highlighted in the Gospels, this was typically at the expense of his poorer fellow Jews. We might be able to assume that Zacchaeus, I don't know, somewhat middle-aged? He's risen to the position of tax collector and has been at the game long enough to become wealthy, It's perhaps not a stretch to imagine that Zacchaeus, with his money and status, might also have been well-dressed. Maybe he was wearing fine clothes, an elaborate headdress. And I don't know, when I imagine the scene, I picture someone who's a little bit plump too. (laughs) Certainly not accustomed to manual labour. And I presume he would dine quite sumptuously at the end of a hard day of tax collecting. And perhaps we could imagine him as a rather kind of contemporary high-flyer, dressed in a bespoke suit, a man of power and influence with just a hint of criminality that made him feared as well as despised. So with all this in mind... He paints a rather funny picture as he climbs a sycamore tree. A short, middle-aged, fattish man in fine clothes struggling to climb a tree. An ungainly man, unaccustomed to bow to anyone except maybe his Roman bosses. Dressed head to toe in finery, dangling precariously out of a tree. Reading the scripture, it's kind of enough to let you laugh a little bit out loud. How unlikely that such a man would be overcome by enthusiasm for a passing prophet. No wonder Jesus noticed him. (laughs) And we might laugh at how willing Zacchaeus is to humiliate himself in order to catch a glimpse of Jesus. Well, knowing the little we know about Zacchaeus... It's strange to think that he would be willing to go to such lengths to see Jesus. He's a sinner, and a pretty big one. And it doesn't seem that he's shown too much interest in God before. I mean, he collaborated with the Romans and, you know, cheated his fellow countrymen. Didn't really sound like he was too interested in being a faithful son of Abraham. Abraham. But right at this moment, Jesus is passing by and it awakens something within him and he won't allow Christ to get away. What's going on here? Why is this unlikeliest of figures climbing a tree? I think we can start to approach an answer when we examine the first reading a little more closely. Let's remind ourselves of the opening two lines. In your sight, Lord... The whole world is like a grain of dust that tips the scales, like a drop of morning dew falling on the ground. So the passage begins with a radical distinction being drawn between the creator, God, and the creature, all the stuff that God has made. God, the creator, absolutely dwarfs What he has made. In comparison to God, the whole world doesn't even account as dust on the scales. It's not even heavy enough to tip the needle. We're not even the tiniest fraction within the whole universe. We may have had similar experiences like the author of the Book of Wisdom, that feeling of our own smallness. You know, when you get out of the city, and into the country, and you gaze up at the sky to behold the millions of stars, and consider the many thousands and millions of years the light has traveled in order to strike our eyes. We're truly minute within creation. And if creation is so vast, and there's an infinite gulf between creation and the creator, then how truly awesome is God? It's something beyond our fathoming. And what awakens within us is properly understood as the fear of the Lord. Now, this doesn't mean that we're afraid of God, as if he incites terror within us, but it does remind us that he is almighty, holding everything in existence through a sheer act of his will. In short, we have fear of the Lord when we contemplate his transcendence, just how far he is beyond We can't even gauge the limits of creation, let alone conceive the God who formed it all. So when we consider such a magnificent God, when we behold Him with wonder and awe, we abandon all our presumption as we consider our own insignificance before Him. And you know what? This is a good thing. We must acknowledge our nothingness before God. We need to be humble. But what makes this experience of God's transcendence so truly remarkable is that God isn't content to remain a distant creator. So often I think we can have the impression that God is like a watchmaker. He sets the whole thing ticking and then walks away. Now, this isn't the God that's revealed in the scriptures. Because we read in the book of wisdom again, You love all that exists. You hold nothing of what you have made in abhorrence. For had you hated anything, you would not have formed it. And how, had you not willed it, could a thing persist? How be conserved if not called forth by you? You spare all things because all things are yours, Lord, lover of life. You whose imperishable spirit is in all. God's creation is a sign of His love. He's not content to leave it at a distance. No, He's deeply involved, holding everything in existence for no other reason than as an outpouring of love. This God who is infinitely greater than all that He has created And who is the ground of all that exists. He's deeply interested in us. And holds us in being. As human creatures we have a particular gift of freedom. Which gives us the great capacity to respond to God. In a gift of love. But you know we've also got a particular talent for abusing the gift of freedom. And turning away from our creator. But. Says the Book of Wisdom. Yet you are merciful to all, because you can do all things and overlook men's sins so that they can repent. Little by little, therefore, you correct those who offend, you admonish and remind them of how they have sinned, so that they may abstain from evil and trust in you, Lord. So here's the question. What is it that drives Zacchaeus up the tree? To disregard the demand of his own ego and clamber up the sycamore with reckless abandon. I think it's this tremendous experience of encountering both the transcendence and the imminence of God. He's transcendent. He's great. All-powerful. The creator. And I'm a tiny little creature. But... A creature who is loved. A little creature who, despite his own sinfulness, is called forward to repentance and communion and love with this great God. I think it's this experience that drives Zacchaeus up the tree. The tax collector won't allow Jesus to pass him by because this is his time for mercy. God who is so unfathomably great, stops, looks at Zacchaeus and says, Zacchaeus, come down. Hurry, because I must stay at your house today. Before the creator of the universe, I'm so tiny, and yet I don't melt into insignificance because he loves me. In fact, he shows mercy and wants to come and stay. I think sometimes we can fall into the trap of seeing God as some kind of older brother, a lot like us, just a little bit bigger. No, (laughs) he's transcendent. He's beyond. He's the creator. And we should abandon all presumption and look upon him with awe. But the source of our indescribable joy comes when we discover God's love and mercy for us, his tiny and disobedient creatures. Such joy will drive us up a sycamore tree in a dinner suit. Such joy will make us disregard the scorn of the crowds. Such joy will make us forget the petty demands of our egos and cast ourselves into the great and merciful hands of our Father. We can give away half our things. We can make restitution four times for the things that don't belong to us. Like Zacchaeus we wouldn't allow our Lord Jesus to pass by. If we're waiting to encounter God in such a way, let's rededicate ourselves to prayer and ask God for the grace to give us just a taste of his greatness. And there to discover his mercy and love.